When I uh, meet with students back in the student ministry room on Wednesday night, we tend to be very interactive and have a conversation back and forth. So we're going to do that a little bit tonight. And I actually need six volunteers. And I'm going to need three volunteers of people who over, are over the age of 45. And I'm going to need three student ministry volunteers, middle school or high school students. It's going to be very simple. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to ask you a simple question. And in a moment, I'll ask you to come up, but I'm going to tell you what the question is ahead of time so you can be thinking about it. If I were to describe someone as a goat, what does that bring to your mind? What am I saying about them? So quickly, I just need six volunteers to come up. Don't be shy. Come on up. Three students, middle school, high school, and three people over the age of 45. Just older folks, just come on up, or I'm going to have to call on you. Pastor Kirk, you can come. Just grab. I need two more adults. Otherwise, we're just going to stand here tonight and not do anything. So, please, two more adults over the age of 45. Pastor Kirk, can you call on two people? Can you? Oh, we need one more. Can you call one person for me? We, we know Trisha is 30. I'm pretty sure she's 30. She's 30. We, we won't ask. So, You're welcome. Uh, Pastor Kirk, we'll start with you. Tell us who you are. Yes. Okay, students, so you do the same. Tell us who you are. Okay. And if I use the term goat to describe someone, what does that bring to your mind? Uh, goat, I think of horns, uh, ba, no, or nay, or I don't know. They make a sound. Okay. Tell us who you are. I'm Charlene. Um, I think of the goats and the sheep on the opposite side. Okay. The goats and the sheep. And so coming back to you, Charlene, if I use the word describe someone as a goat when you're using the goat and the sheep, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Bad. Bad. <laughs> bad. bad. <laughs> okay, Trisha. I would say the same thing. Someone who either isn't a believer or doesn't follow Jesus. That all right, you three can have a seat. Give them a hand. So brave. Okay, tell us who you are, and if I were to use the word goat to describe someone, what does that mean to you? Um, I'm Nathaniel, and if you call someone a goat, it basically, in my opinion, it makes them seem stupid because goats are always wandering off just like sheep. Okay. Okay, so I'm Josh, and I thought, like, someone who just, like, eats everything, <laughs> like a goat does. That's, like, literally the first thing that came to mind. All right, Ben? I'm Ben. When I think of goat, I think greatest of all time. Yeah. Yeah. All right, thank you, Ben, for having the guts, to be honest. So the interesting thing... Back in my generation, because I'm almost 45, we use the term goat to refer to someone who messed up big time. I think it was Bill Buckner from the Boston Red Sox in the World Series playing first base at the end of the game. Maybe I don't have all those details right. And the ball was hit to him to win the World Series, and it went between his legs into the outfield. A simple play. And they called him the GOAT because he ruined the game for Boston. But to the generation right now, 
the word goat has a completely different meaning. And I have some slides for you. When we say the goat, Tom Brady, who is considered, you can debate this if you want, but considered the greatest quarterback of all time, his nickname is the goat. Because goat stands for the greatest of all time. Right? The greatest of all time is what the goat stands for. If I were to say, who is the goat in the NBA, who would you say? Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan right? Now, I agree, Michael Jordan. My generation would say Michael Jordan. A lot of these guys would say LeBron James. But it's Michael Jordan. He's the goat. So when we use the term in my generation, it meant something bad. Now it means something good. How about hockey? Who would be the goat in hockey? Wayne Gretzky, right? The greatest of all time. So if I went to a high school or middle school and said, who's the goat in hockey? They would think of who is the greatest of all time. How about in baseball? Who would you say? Babe Ruth? Me. Okay, I was a very cute kid. All right, maybe not Babe Ruth. I agree with that. So to the younger generation, goat means the greatest of all time. I've got to get caught up on my slides so I know what I'm talking about. This is the definition. Uh, I know that's going to be hard to read where you're sitting, but I will read it to you. So if you Google what is the definition of goat when referring to a person, this is what it says. What does goat mean? Goat abbreviation stands for the greatest of all time. That's the first thing that comes up. Ideally, goat is internet slang mainly used to compliment artists, athletes, and other celebrities who have achieved the greatest heights in their professional fields. So the challenge we have when we're interpreting scripture is our, not only our culture can impact how we understand Scripture, but our generation can impact how we understand Scripture. We'll often talk in student ministries when we look at Scripture, we have to look at the culture of biblical times. Because even in my culture, if someone who's over 45 is different than what we read in the cultural times at the Bible. There was uh, this place called Sustainable Safari, my daughter asked me to take her there, and to be honest, I tried to find reasons not to go, to find other things to do, because sustainable safari, as far as I knew, was like a petting zoo. There'd be some rabbits, and there'd be some you know, small animals that we would touch and pet, and I'd be very bored, because I've done my time when my kids were little. Now that they're in middle school, we don't need to go pet rabbits, okay? But I was very wrong because um, this place was super cool. Um, I would recommend that you go there. Like, I had a blast. I didn't warn my daughter I was going to put that up there. I apologize. But she's holding an alligator. Okay? So holding an alligator is a little bit different than petting a rabbit. And it was a very cool place. Um, it's at Maplewood Mall, so in uh, Woodbury, Minnesota. So if you ever want to take a trip, Believe me, it'll be fun. But when you go into this safari, what you do is you pay for your ticket, and then you can purchase food to feed the animals. Now, because I'm over 45, 
we would never spend money to feed the animals, right? I'm like, no, we're just paying to go in. We don't need to feed them. Like, that's a waste of money. But you really do need to get food to feed the animals because the whole thing is about feeding them. And if you don't feed the alligator, you may be food for them. I don't know how that works. But the stars of this place are the goats. All right? Um, this is just one goat that we took a picture of. But you go in, it's, it's huge, and there's probably 25 goats. And when you purchase your cup or bowl of food, what they tell you is when you feed the goats, don't get the cup near them because they'll take the cup. They'll take all of your food. So just give them a little bit in the palm of your hand, or you can use a scoop, but keep your cup away from them because the goats will steal your food. All right? Um, that was very true because my daughter and I noticed that there's a couple goats that had cups <laughs> that they had stolen from other people. So the goats like to get the food. I am going to look at a couple traits that goats have and see how this <clears throat> might impact how we interpret this scripture. Um, our topic for tonight is we don't want to be a goat. That was uh, the section of the song that we were in for tonight, and so that was what was given to me. So we're going to look a little bit at goats. The first question is, do goats have personalities? <clears throat> so I did some research and uh, did some live research as we were feeding the goats, but also some research online. And this is what it says. Goats have individual personalities. All right? So not every goat is exactly alike or exactly the same. Goats have individual personalities just like people. <clears throat> but there are usually some general similarities within the same breed. They are very strong-willed and loud. They can be difficult to manage but produce delicious milk. They require patience and routine. So I thought about that. How much of a connection is that to us as people? Do you know anybody who is very strong-willed? Maybe we all are in our humanness, right? We want what we want, and we want it now. And we're going to go after that, just like those goats are going to go after the food. We're individualized people, and we're strong-willed for what we want. The second thing I found out about goats is that they tend to be stubborn. So it says, in most instant instances where you see goats being stubborn, it's because they see something, especially food, that they want and they go after it. I think that could describe people too, right? Have we ever wanted something? and been stubborn to go after it? For some of us, maybe that is food too, just like a goat. Maybe it's wealth. Maybe it's success. Maybe it's being known. Maybe it's being the greatest of all time in our job, in our family, in our life, in our community. We see something we want, and we go after it. 
we stay focused on that. For the goats at Maplewood Mall, it was the food in the cup. So I will testify to that description of goats, that they want the food. That's what keeps them focused and going. The third thing I found out about goats, actually I want to go to this verse first, and then I'll come to the third thing. Philippians chapter 3, verses 18 and 19, uh, was one of the scriptures for tonight that was planned. And it says this, For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. And then look what the verse says. Okay? Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. That, that could describe a goat. <laughs> their appetite. Of course, it's using that word appetite in a general sense, right? Whatever it is that they're pursuing, that we're pursuing as people that is not God, is the thing that's going to lead us away from God. They think only about this life here on earth. The third thing I found out about goats was a question, can goats love you? Can goats love you? It says, just like us, just like people, they want to love and be loved. Goats, just like us as people, want to love and be loved and be close to those who they love. Goats will so show affection for people by approaching them calmly, leaning into them, and by showing positive, peaceful eye and body contact. You know, when I think of the Bible and the sheep being separated from the goats, as I was preparing for tonight, I thought, you know what? <laughs> sheep aren't the only ones that want to love and be loved. We all want to love and be loved. As I was thinking about these characteristics of goats and how we're, we're like goats, right? We have those same characteristics. It doesn't matter at the end of the day if you're a sheep or you're a goat. Both want to love and be loved. Both want to love and be loved. Our text for tonight, <clears throat> I know this is going to be hard to see on the screen and that's okay. I don't really want you to exactly see it, but I thought I should have it there. So there it is. I'm going to read it to you. But our text comes out of Matthew 25 verses 31 through 46. It says this, But when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep 
at his right hand and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Matthew 25, 31 through 46. Now, there's something missing from this. What's missing? Anybody know what's missing? What's that? Right. Like, I took out most of the scripture in the middle, two sections, and just put verses together. Now, I think most of us know it's missing, okay? But I think for me, and maybe some of the rest of us in here, this is what we want the verses to be. We don't want the middle part. We like this part. Because we know we're sheep, right? We know we have a relationship with Christ. So it feels really good to be able to be before judgment and God to say, come in to my eternal life. We don't like the missing part so much. So you're really not going to be able to see it now. But the uh, lighter part is the missing part. So let me read the whole thing to you again. And then, then we'll be done in a moment. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, those who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For when I was hungry, you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones replied, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I will tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left, away from you. You are cursed into the eternal fire. For when I was hungry, you didn't feed me. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me drink. When I was a stranger, you didn't invite me into your home. When I was naked, you didn't give me clothing. When I was sick and in prison, you didn't visit me. Then they reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth, when you refused to help the least of these of my brothers and sisters, you were refusing my help. Scripture becomes a lot more difficult when I read that part. When I read the part about the way he separates the sheep and from the goats, is how did we treat the people around us? We all want to give love. We all want to be loved. We're all the same in that boat. 
The question in these scriptures is a simple one. Do we give that love? Do we give that love? That's what makes us a sheep. Or do we ignore and pass it by and not respond to it? That's the question I want to leave with you tonight. Is how will you respond when God visits you in the form of another person and presents you with a need? Because that is what separates the sheep from the goats. Would you pray with me? Father, it's a tough word. This scripture has been bothersome to me at times in my life. It's always been a challenge because I know how often I fail to respond to the need that you place in my path. Father, may I be convicted every time I'm tempted to do that. Father, next time for each and every one of us when we meet someone who has a need and we look into their eyes, may we see you. Because according to this scripture, it is you. Father, we thank you for our relationship with you. We thank you for a relationship that makes a different difference in the world in which we live. May we show your love as we all want to love and be loved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.